Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, now 100% Fauci-free. We're just not going to talk about them. Yeah, we had something, but we're Fauci free today. I was just, a, I, you know, there was an article, but we but, decided nope. to flip it over and write on the back. No, nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We are going to talk about the Delta variant briefly. We got to talk well, numbers. Yeah. Sorry, I want people to know that that it's it. If you're vaccinated, you're going to be just fine. Okay, uh, Steve Irwin. He died in 2006, and there's been a. An explanation from a, a doctor about, you know, really what happened. Yeah, I knew that from the first, right. from the get-go. See, I heard, well, never mind. I, I heard that it was just, he he he, he had venom in him. It's not venom. It's not venom. No. All right. We're going to talk about something called deadly spider venom, which is funny because I saw them open up for Pink Floyd. Deadly Spider Venom. They were they were sort of an alt rock group. God, anyway, Pink Floyd. Did you listen to that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you were you were like a heavy metal metalhead. No, it was. I listened to the uh, sort of dreamy Genesis sounding stuff. Lord yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercy. I was Billy Joel all the way. Yeah, yeah. Dog ownership adds years to your life. Yeah, you've got a story. Yeah, about today's that. a sad day for me. Um, if you if you notice there when you're listening that I'm not peppy and happy, although you know the music that starts off, it, it yeah, it, it makes you happy. Doesn't sure, it? It does, anyway, yeah. I have to give up my dogs today, and today I'm taking out of my taking them out of my apartment, and I'm going to give them a home mm. on a farm with 15 acres and a pond. Wow. And the reason is not because uh, I want to. It's just because I have to. And what's happened now with big dogs, and I, my dogs are big. Yeah, your dogs yeah, are Lebowski bears. Lebowski is a black Newfoundland, and he's 180 pounds. 180. And yeah. I have uh, Walter, who's a brown and white Newfoundland. He, he's, he's 150 pounds. They have different personalities. But Lebowski, when he was a puppy, uh-huh. used to get attacked. Um because he was a big puppy. <laughs> yeah, well, of course he was. Yeah. And he used to take it, and they started fighting back. And so uh, one of the other one of the main reasons is they're too strong for me. I walked them together. I don't know if yeah. I told you this story. No. And when I have them tight in the leash, you know, they're okay. Well, I slipped on a little hill overlooking a pond. Oh, no. And there was a family of ducks in the pond. Oh, yeah. And they took off down the hill. Yes. And I had the leash around my arm or my hand, you ha- and they dragged me into the water, <laughs> and I was like being towed, like a water skier. Yes. And the ducks took off, <laughs> and they stopped chasing them, and uh, you know it was just awful. And then and then another time, right. they were together, and they saw a lovely little dog, and they uh, wanted to go play with it, yeah. and they just took off. Yeah. And so I sat down thinking I could hold him. That's 300 pounds of dog. Yeah. They pulled me across the sidewalk. 
So one of the things I'm realizing is that, you know, um, they're too big for where I live. Yeah. And then the other day, a pit bull, uh, that they now four pit bulls in my apartment. And we came around a corner, and the pit bull went nuts. And this is Lebowski, and lunged at his neck. Now, I'm going to tell you, you may think pit bulls are the uh, supreme predators for dogs. Yeah. Uh, never get a Newfoundland mad at you. Really? Yeah. They love humans. They'll never, ever hurt a human. They were bred to rescue drowning sailors. That's why they're so big, so yeah. they could jump in the water. They were bred to fall in love with strangers. Why? Because why would you jump in ice-cold you know, ocean water to save a drowning soul well right. they do right. but they'll fight back if another dog attacks them i thought lebowski was going to kill this dog and lebowski has the ability to do so well and you know walter wouldn't uh walter's got a different personality he just yeah. lay down and I, he would get killed but lebowski fights back and so i realized that they need you know a normal newfoundland home which mm-hmm. is to roam you know free and swim so the good news is it's a friend of mine, and I'll be able to visit. Wow. But, you know, I'm kind of worried. What if they forget about me? You know, what if they don't know me when I go to see them? They will. You think? I guarantee it. Come back in a month from now and tell me a story because they right. will go nuts to see you. All right. Well, the reason right. why I'm talking about this from a sure. medical point of view is that, <clears throat> do you know what you know what the science says um, about dogs um, making you live longer? No, On average, it's no. two years. Really? Yeah. And the reason, number one, uh, the relaxation that you have around a loving dog reduces your stress hormone cortisol. Okay. And then the other thing that it does is increase a hormone called oxytocin. Now, how do you know? Well, they do it. They they take people without dogs, um, give them a stressful event, Mm -hmm. and they measure these hormones. And then they take people who have dogs with them. You've had a stressful event, and the, the hormones uh, for oxytocin are high, so they're happier. And for uh, the cortisol is lower, so they have less stress. Well, I've also thought, remember we talked about on the show that dogs can sniff out cancer. Yes. So that might be one reason that they, you know, make you live longer, you know. They, if you could speak dog, they'd say, hey, buddy, you better go get checked out. I it smell some cancer. Is a... Uh is a good night's sleep an important part of a healthy attitude? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because my dogs actually prevent that. I have <laughs> I have a narrow strip 24 inches wide that I'm allowed to sleep uh, in. Because the dogs sleep. Because the dogs sleep on the well, what, rest ca- of the What size bed. bed you have? King size bed. Then you need a California king. We can't. Yeah, I know. I know. We get a California king. Well, why do Californians have to have bigger beds? Uh, Tell me that there is because they can. Okay, that's a, uh, the only reason they're not taller than the rest of us. I guess. All right. Steve Irwin died yeah. in two thousand six. Um, the listeners watch TV and they watch movies. And what happens when somebody gets a knife in the chest? Okay, the first thing when the um, the uh, rescuers get there, the first responders, I want to use that term, it's yeah. a great term, is they pull the knife out on TV. Uh-huh. If you're, and I, God, I hope you're not impaled with something, right. a knife, um, you know, that people get impaled with uh, tree limbs. Right. And you trip and you can get impaled on a fence. Oh, gosh. Okay? Yes. So what 
do you do? You don't do what's on TV. You leave it in, okay? And I know it sounds just frightening yeah. to look down and there's a knife in your chest. Why do you leave it in? It's called it tamponades or holds down the blood vessels so they don't bleed as much. Now, you get, they're going to bleed. Yeah. But the reason why people die when you pull out a knife is, is because the bleeding now becomes greater. Now, if you're, if you're stuck in the chest and you pull it out, then the lung collapses and you get what's called a tension pneumothorax where sure. the air builds up in the space between the collapsed lung and the chest wall, and it builds up pressure and it cuts off the blood flow to the heart and you can die. Now, Steve Irwin was was doing his thing. Snor- was he snorkeling or scuba diving? I, can't, I think he was scuba diving because he's and, a man. And we and should explain the, for, man. for folks who have forgotten, Steve yeah. Irwin oh, yeah. was a naturalist. He had a TV show they called the Crocodile Hunter, but he didn't hunt crocodiles. Yeah, he did for a while. Hunt? Well, you know, hunt I didn't hunt kill? to kill him. No, he, he hunted to uh, hug him and kiss him. He had know? him in he had him in enclosures, and he would feed them chicken. And it was, a, <laughs> uh, you know, it was a, it was his thing. Yeah. to be in a dangerous situation, right. but and come face out, it and come anyway. out, you know, smiling. Yeah, yeah. So he was uh, doing his underwater swimming thing. Yeah, and he went over a stingray. Yes, and what is a stingray? A stingray has a stinger on the end. And so a lot of people, well, okay, so he's swimming over it, and it raises its stinger yeah. and impales him <sighs> into his chest and into his heart. And everybody thought it was death instantly, but it wasn't. The stingray doesn't have poison. Okay, it's a barbed uh, ray, so it looks like a bunch of arrowheads strung together on a stick. Uh-huh. Okay, so the video showed him stopping and looking around and then looking down so yes. it wasn't instant death yes he died because he pulled it out now i don't i'm not saying that it's his fault because i think you watch tv and the immediate reaction is to pull out something that's impaled you and so what happened when he pulled it out so there are barbs on the end of these things and he pulled it out and it was in his heart so it made the hole bigger in the heart and not only that, the uh, hole had been plugged by the um, right stinger that was in there. Right. So there was nothing leaking around it. So when he pulled it out, he tore it, and the blood started pouring out, and it poured yeah. into the sac around the heart called the pericardium. Yeah. And what happens when that fills up with blood? You get what's called pericardial tamponade. Now, that sounds crazy, but remember I talked about tamponading the blood vessels when the knife is in there. Yeah. Well, when the the pericardium, the sac around the heart, fills out up with blood, it compresses the heart. And if the heart is compressed from the outside, blood can't flow into it. So, you know, this may sound crazy that I'm talking about this, but if you're impaled by a tree limb, um, car wrecks, often people are in the car yeah. impaled by something. Leave it in. And what will happen is the, the rescue people, if there's a, you know, I, I saw a guy got impaled on a fence. Yes. And it went all the way through his body because yeah. he broke the fence, but the post went through his oh, body. Oh, my gosh. Now, what was the first thing the EMTs did? 
They didn't pull it out. They cut the fence. They cut the fence. Good for them. Put him on the stretcher and took him to the hospital. Yes. Yeah, they're going to remove it, but they're going to remove it in the operating room so that they're all set and ready to go yeah. to uh, close the blood vessels. So, right. yeah, I saw this article. We finally know. No, we didn't finally know why Steve Irwin died. We knew from the beginning. <laughs> and the sad thing is yes. that they had the video of him pulling it out. Oh, gosh. And, you know, I kept saying, no, leave it in. Right. Go to the surface. Right. You know, so it's sad. It but is the right. lesson is, hope to God you don't get impaled. But Thanks. be it a knife, a fence post, or a rod, or something like that, leave it in. Call 911. All right. Very good. Uh, deadly spider venom. Yeah. The Delta variant. Pharmaceutical companies. This is all coming up in the next couple of minutes. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio with Dr. Franklin Weefald, an actual doctor. Went to medical school. Which one? You know that. Princeton? Princeton doesn't have a medical school. It doesn't have a medical school. No. It is uh, graduate schools. You have physics and, you know, sociology and then undergrad. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, I graduated there in 1981. Then I went to Johnny Hopkins. Oh, jo- oh you're right. Princeton. Yeah. It's Johns funny because I think of Johns Hopkins Medical Center. Yeah. And it overshadows my memory of the school. Well, the school started first. Right. Well, actually, no, the hospital was about a month later. Famous. You know why? Because it was the first place to approach medicine from a scientific point of view. Yeah. They hired this guy, William Osler, from Canada. And yeah. Osler's probably the most famous physician um, because he was the consummate clinician. And um, people just flocked to him because he was such a great diagnostician. Now, remember one thing. Yeah. Couldn't do much back then. You know, they sure. Didn't have, you know, they didn't have all these fancy technologies. But back then, knowing what was wrong with you uh, was a good thing, and he could figure it out. Then he went to Oxford. All right. I, you know why? You, I don't know why. His son got killed in World War One. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sad. Anyway, so people want to work. know this. Well, I mean, we, people want you to know that you have, you know, you've got the credentials. Oh, yeah. I should brag about my college, Oswego State I love in it. New York State. It's ranked number, Oswego, ranked number two. Ranked number two and number one. I don't know what yeah. it, that means, but they're, they're ranked highly Hi- among highly. colleges in snowy parts of the country. Absolutely. Uh, Oswego State has a great hockey team. And all right. Pharmaceutical companies, they should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. Why? I mean, this was a shameful thing, and it is a shameful thing. You know, in the United States of America, let's give a, I'm not going to, let's say drug B costs a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. In Canada, it's 10 bucks a month. In England, it's $3 a month. In France, they give it away for free. Why are we paying so much? Because, well, they claim that it's because of the research that goes into making the drug, and it's true. The average pill now costs a billion dollars to get it through the FDA approval because of all the things you got to do. And so, you know, they claim this. The reason why they charge so much is that Medicare is not allowed by law to negotiate prices. Blue Cross Blue Shield does. And I don't know if you know this. If you go to a doctor's office and you want medicine B, which is very expensive, they'll give you a card. That gets you it for ten bucks copay. Yeah. 
And the reason they can do that is because there's a system of rebates where the insurance companies will get money back from the price they pay to the drug companies. Anyway, what I found out, the reason why they charge so much is not the research. Okay, They spend more money, the drug companies, on what they call stock buybacks. Now, what is a stock buyback? It's when the company purchases their own stock from people out there in the public that have it. Now, why do they do that? Because if you have 100 shares, right. you have a certain price, say $2 a share. What happens if you buy 40 shares and take them out of circulation? You only have 60 shares, so the price goes up. Oh. And so who owns a lot of stock? Yep. The directors, oh, the board yeah. of directors, the president, the vice president. So what they're really doing is using that money and paying themselves. Mm. It's not a bonus. It's a hidden thing. Yeah. Because a, a bonus would go directly to them, and they'd have to say, as a public company, mm-hmm. we just paid Dr. X, who's the chairman of the board, yeah. you know, $10 bucks. When they buy back stock and the price goes up, which it does, mm-hmm. then they don't have to say that Dr. X, who's chairman of the board, just mm-hmm. made another $20 million on his stock holding. So the shameful thing is that they're not telling the truth. Right. They're not they're saying that we spend all this money on research, but they're not saying we spend sometimes more on stock buybacks. So I'm just mad. Yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. The the system we have in this country of yeah. profit um, motive <laughs> brings us yeah. amazing medicines. Now there are some that are developed overseas. Yeah. But if you look at all the great medicines that have come out mm-hmm. and saved a lot of lives, they're U.S. medicines. So it's a double-edged sword, as we say. I hate that term because it, you know, it, it, it's used so often. By the way, if you're ever impaled yeah, with, with a, a double-edged, double-edged sword, sword <laughs> please don't pull it out. Yeah. So um, <laughs> kudos to them for developing all these great drugs. Yeah. But come on. Right. You know, you guys make enough money. You sent money for more research. Right. That's my beef. Let's open up the phone lines. 919-860-9783. Always call between noon and 2 on a Saturday. 919-860-9783. It's a doctor named Christopher Dunch. They've nicknamed him Dr. Death. Yeah. Was he incompetent or was he just bad? First, he was incompetent. Oh, okay. Okay. And, but he was a very passionate guy. He yeah. wanted to save lives. Okay. Well, then something happened to him, and he became a criminal. And he purposely botched surgeries to paralyze people and, in fact, even kill them. He wrote an email to his girlfriend saying, I no longer want to be the passionate, loving physician that I am. I yeah. want to become a cold-blooded killer. Wow. Now, the thing that bothers me is that people wait, were wait dying. Shouldn't everything about this well, bother no, you? Particularly. Okay. Uh, that to, can, you know, <laughs> I've, come on now. You caught me. <laughs> Obviously, it bothers me. It, it, it breaks my heart. Now, that's terrible. But, but okay. wait a minute. There's this one thing. No. Okay. There's this other thing is that he got passed from medical center to medical center. 
Yes. And even though patients were being maimed and dying, yes. he went from one place to the next and still did it. Now, finally, uh, some of the operating nurses um, just had to blow the whistle. Right, right. And he not only was sued, you know, which is a, what we call a civil action, yeah, what did but he, he was arrested. Well, I hope and so. they charged him with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. That's and you know what be. the deadly weapon is? The scalpel. scalpel. And uh, attempted murder. And they couldn't get him on the ones that died because they claimed, you know, the lawyers claimed that they were sick anyway, blah, 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 blah. But he's now in prison. He will not be Good. eligible for parole. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that, um, thank God, there are so few of these people. Yes. And usually, you know, you can tell if somebody is malevolent in medical school and before you even get into medical school. But if you are an operating room nurse, yes, you're one of the greatest people there are, be you know, he or she, mm-hmm. turn these people in. All right. Just we've, do it. We've got just two minutes to talk about deadly spider venom. Oh, man. Well, there's a spider, and it creates venom, and it kills you if it bites you. Okay. But they isolated one compound out of it, and I don't know why they even thought of this, okay? Right. But they isolated this compound, and it turns out it, it turns off a death signal. So when you have a heart attack or a stroke, mm-hmm. as those cells are dying, they excrete a protein that kills other cells next to it that wouldn't necessarily die because they're not affected by the lack of blood flow. So they give this compound from the spider venom. And it blocks the death protein. And they've proven that not as much brain is lost from a stroke and not as much heart tissue is lost. So it's not on the market yet, but this is another example of the good things that drug companies do. Now, this medicine is going to cost big time when it comes out. It's just like the Alzheimer's medicine that just came out. Yeah, the Cleveland Clinic's not even going to cover it. We're going to talk about that. We will talk about that. Wow, do we have a lot of shout-outs for this show. It's going to take up the next 20 minutes to shout-out. No, 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 we're not. We're looking forward to phone calls. We're looking forward to have some interesting conversations. Uh, The secret uh, secret trick to live forever, according to one website. It's not secret. We've talked about it here. No, no. The no-no diet. And a 45-year-old man died after visiting the ER twice. We'll talk about that next. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefold. And if you want to call us up, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. Just dial us between noon and 2 on a Saturday. Your radio station may broadcast this show at a different time. There's a 45-year-old man who died... After visiting the ER, not now, once, but twice. I'm looking at pictures of him. He looks like a cool guy. Yeah. He's got this little goatee. He dies green. He died green. 
He was a family man. Yeah. And he went to the ER complaining of chest pain. Now, this and, was a British story. This yeah. Is, uh-huh. right. They call it A&E, accident and something. I don't know, A&E. It's, that's not the ER. It's called A&E. Right. And um, the doctors made, I think, obviously a fatal mistake. In the ER with chest pain, unless mm-hmm. it is, you know, obviously a heart attack, the EKG changes. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get a definitive diagnosis of what the chest discomfort is coming from. It could be a pneumonia. It could be a strained muscle. It could be acid reflux. Yeah. But we all know, especially women, have, have symptoms that sometimes can be different. Just fatigue and a typical you know, sharp chest discomfort. Right. And so they told him he pulled a muscle. Okay. Really? Yeah. So he goes home and he gets it again. And he goes back in, and they say, what are you doing here? You pulled a muscle. So he is at home, and he gets this pain, and he drops dead. And the autopsy showed he was having a heart attack. Now, the one thing I learned um, when I did ERs for 10 years, Mm because back then you could moonlight. So Mm -hmm. if you were a fellow and needed some extra cash, you could work a night shift in the ER and, and do pretty well. And one of the things I learned doing that, but also being an attending cardiologist going down to the ER to evaluate people, yeah. is you don't tell somebody that you know for sure why their chest pain, what their chest pain is. So right. now in the United States, you know what they have? Hmm. Chest pain centers. Okay? So they even, they even certify them as certified chest pain centers. So Wake Med has one. Yes. Uh, Rex has one. And the whole point is is that since you can't definitively tell, unless they're clearly having a heart attack, you watch them. Yeah. And then you do the testing you need to do to find out and make sure that it's not going to be a fatal heart attack in the next few days. And you'd be surprised at the number of times people come in with atypical symptoms. And a lot of times the reason why they say atypical symptoms is because they're not in touch with their bodies. They really can't. Describe right. what's going on. So in the U.S. of A., uh, they're not going to uh, dump you on the street and tell you you have a pulled muscle when they're not sure. And so, you know, there are hospitals that have chest pain centers, and we have them in our area, and they're great. So don't, you know, don't diagnose yourself right. and what your chest pain is. Go see somebody because it could be. It could be something that is totally preventable in in terms of a bad outcome. If this fella had been in an ICU with the monitors on yeah. and he had the last cardiac event. They would have saved him. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because what happens when you drop dead, it's because of something called ventricular fibrillation. So the electricity goes nuts because there's no blood flow to the heart muscle and it starts yeah. to die and it discharges electrical current. And so that's when you can put the paddles on. Now right. we have patches. Sure. Uh, sticky patches. You put the paddles on and blast away uh, with uh, 240 volts of electricity. And it, it just sort of eliminates the bad yeah. and allows the good to come back. So it's called defibrillation. And, and you know what he died of. Yeah. And what he died of was... A heart attack. Fixable. Yes. I mean, he had a blockage. They did an autopsy. Right. And okay. so 
Don't let someone tell you they know what your chest pain is from. You told me something about the ER. What about? The ER doctor says, no, I don't see any problem with your heart. But. You ask for whom in the hospital? You ask for. A cardiologist. A cardiologist. Yeah. Yeah. And get stress tested. Get They even now do CT scans. They, uh, they can do a CT scan and find out if you have a blockage. You read the jacket. Read the white jacket, and if it doesn't say cardiologist, don't leave. Don't leave the ER. Or if you're doing well, don't leave without a referral in the next day or so to a cardiologist. Carl in Durham, welcome to Heart Health Radio. How you doing, Carl? I'm fine. How are you guys? Terrific. What's going on? So I have a question, Dr. Lee Foles. Sure. uh, Information question. So. I've needed a knee replacement now for several years. I actually had it scheduled in, I don't know, I think it was December of 19, and they shut all electives down at two. All right, and Carl, Carl, we're having a hard time hearing you. Speak up as well as you can and tell me it's a knee replacement that you need, right? Yeah, and it was scheduled in uh, December of 19, and of yeah. course they weren't doing electives at two. Yeah. And then it was rescheduled for this past winter i think in january and because of my age uh and just general condition the physician who will do the knee replacement i'm not sure you know who it is but at any rate he said with my age i'd have to stay overnight and at that point they were still having some active covid cases so he recommended i might do it then but it didn't so the reason that's not the reason i'm calling the reason i'm calling is uh the pain is you know really bad in the knee and i'm barely walking on it and a friend of mine went to the pain clinic at Duke, and there's a physician there, and I'm looking at his name, but I won't say it, but he's an anesthesiologist, an interventional spine specialist, and a pain pain medicine specialist. Yeah. And my friend went for a different reason other than the knee, but he's, he's, he's in, you know, he's a, he, he does uh, orthotics for shoes and been involved with medicine at Duke for a long time. But at any rate, he was talking to this guy, and this guy was talking, he said one of the newer things they're doing is for people who have severe knee pain either before or after uh, after knee replacement, that they do something called nerve ablation. And sure. they do a couple of tests and they go in and then as I understand it they just simply kill the nerve that's causing the pain. That's so correct. I'm curious if you've heard of that or if that would work or... Alright, describe Yeah. It's Nerve ablation. Ablation. So what does ablation mean? Ablation means they use either real cold things or real hot things to destroy the nerve that is um, transmitting the pain sensation up the spinal cord into your brain. Now, here's the thing. Yes, they could get rid of your knee pain by doing a selective ablation. A lot of times when people have, you know, sciatica, that back pain that radiates down the leg, and they can't get the nerve free of the pressure, they'll find the nerve and mm-hmm. ablate it, and the pain will go away. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with the knee, is that the knee has to support the weight of your body, at least half of it. And when you're running, it supports sure. all of it for half the time. And if it's degrading... Okay, so the the gristle, you know, that you pop open a chicken bone and you can see that white I, stuff covering the bone. I totally know what you mean. Right. 
if it's being destroyed, pretty soon you're going to have bone on bone. I love that. Doc says I got have that. Yeah. Oh, so here's here's the problem. You may not have pain, but when the bone is rubbing against the bone, it destroys it. Yeah. So you may not feel the pain, and then eventually you may wind up not being fixable because all the bone's destroyed. Yeah. So the other thing, though, is that before you get bone on bone, there are a lot of new procedures now that are coming out that they inject stuff into the knee space, and it helps to rebuild some of the tissue so it's not degrading as fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so the answer is yes, they can get rid of your pain. But the question you have to present to a really good orthopedist is, what's the danger of me continuing to walk on this situation in terms of becoming um, disabled? I almost said the C word, and you're not allowed to say that anymore. And, oh, you can say, say crippling. Oh, you know, you're smart. You must be reading my mind. But, so that's the thing. Yes, that you can find somebody who's really good, and they'll deaden that nerve with either uh, cryo, which is real cold, or mm-hmm. they'll use a bovi, which is an electric thing that creates heat. Correct. But, Correct. Once, once that nerve is ablated, that's yeah. the end of that nerve. It'll not right. Right, but they got to get the right one, you know. Oh, uh, you know, you'll come out of it. I can't feel my toe, but I can feel my knee. Oh, my. I'm joking. These guys are really good at what they do. But, okay. you know, it's a, I hate to use Band-Aid fix. It's a, it's a pain fix, but it doesn't prevent the damage from continuing uh, to your knee. Right. That, does that make sense? It does, and I appreciate that answer. And I, right. just, I, I may try to contact this guy and go speak. Yeah, yeah. You'll probably the, tell me the same stuff, yeah. but I just wanted to get have, your impression of it. Thank you very much. Uh, let me ask you another question. Have you gotten a second opinion about your knee yet? Uh, yeah, but I, the the person who will be doing it is kind of a star with me. To do. Now, I think you might know. I mean, he's done Krzyzewski, and he's done Mac Brown. Uh-huh. I mean, he, he is excellent, and I've been going to him for years. Yeah. What I've been doing, you know, about every three, four months is get steroid injection in my knee, okay. which helps yeah. for a period of time, but the more you get, the less effective it is. So, All right. Well, listen, good luck to you. Once you've decided what to do and, and what you're going to do, call us back. I want to hear what happens. All right, great. Thank, Thank you, you Carl. And I, I enjoy the show. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you enjoying the show. Tell your friends about us. Absolutely. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Lines are always open between noon and 2 on a Saturday. Um, Monkeypox was in the news. Sounds bad, doesn't it? It it sounds like I'm going to have to uh, worry about my pet monkey. Uh, No. No, I don't. don't Actually, I don't even know why they call it monkeypox, but it's like smallpox. Yes. And it creates these nasty red, you know, buboes all yeah. over your body. And it's And it here. can kill you like smallpox can. And it is here. It, yeah, but I don't want people to worry. Uh, there are some people who came from Lagos, Nigeria to mm-hmm. Atlanta. Um, this is the 8th of July. And then some of them went to, then they went on to Dallas and they got monkeypox. Now, it, smallpox vaccines don't really protect us. 
So if you have a swollen lymph node and you have a widespread rash on your face and body with, you know, with little blisters on the end of them, please <laughs> go to know, hospital. I know what you're going to tell. And please avoid other people. It's, All right. It's just coming. And I, but I don't want you to worry about it. If you see, you know, that this has happened, do not worry. It's not going to spread all over All the right. Place. So far on the show, we learned two very important things. And I can sum it up just like this. So you don't have to go backwards on the, on the podcast and listen to the whole thing. Two things. If you're stabbed with a, an object. Impaled, impaled. Impaled with an object. I love that word. I hate that word, but I love that word. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. And if you've got a blistering rash, <laughs> see your doctor. <laughs> Quick. Always ask your doctor and before you, also, pulling the knife if out. If you've been exposed to somebody from Lagos, Nigeria. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Lots of people to shout out. We'll talk with John in Raleigh next on Heart Health Radio. What? You know you make me wanna Here at Heart Health Radio, we try to find people who are doing extraordinary things, and we found like five. There's a guy yeah. whose whose name is the most baseball name you're ever going to hear, Drew Robinson. Yeah, Drew Drew had depression, and really serious depression, and he attempted suicide. He blew out his eye. Oh my! He survived, um, got better, which you can do. Depression is a serious medical illness. It's yeah. not a you know, it's not because you're you're a bad person. He got better, and he went back and played baseball with one eye. Hard to and do. He hit three home runs. Was eleven for eighty, and then he decided to retire. And we're not sure why. But um, I just want to say, uh, Mr. Robinson, which I would call him Mr. Robinson, yeah. uh, you are a, a tremendous human being. We shout you out because um, you're one of God's creatures who got better. And yeah. if you're out there depressed, okay, get some help. Right. It works. Right. And I just love that story. Tim Costum. Tim is a patient of mine who um, I think 10 or 12 years ago Mm -hmm. felt really sharp pain, radiated into his back, and thank God he went to the doctor. He had what's called an aortic dissection, which is, if untreated, uniformly fatal. The aorta is the pipe that comes out of the heart and carries blood to the rest of your body. It has an inner lining called the endothelium. When that tears, due to either high blood pressure or genetic defect, the tear goes up, and what are on top of what's on top of the the blood vessels to the brain, etc. He got fixed. Yeah, and he's doing great. Good. And I just wanted to say, shout out to you. You're a great human being, and every time I see you, I just say how great it is we've had these surgical techniques. Who is Cullen Morris? Helen. Is one of oh, my favorite people. Helen. Oh, I apologize. That's okay. It sounded like Helen. Helen um, just had bypass surgery. She yeah. is a longstanding patient of mine. She believes in uh, natural remedies, which I think, or I believe in the ones that she believes in because, you know, turmeric and kombucha, they've been shown to reduce inflammation, etc. She had a stent last year 
Um, and she took all her meds. Mm-hmm. Her cholesterol's under good control. Mm-hmm. She had another episode, came to the office. I sent her straight to the hospital. She wound up getting bypass surgery, then went to rehab, called me. She was an AFib, uh, rapid heart beating, everything. She went back to the hospital, got that fixed. Wow. She's home. She called me on my cell phone wow. yesterday and today. And I just wanted to shout you out, Helen. Uh, she's got a great family. Right. And she's going to live a long time now to be with her kids and grandkids. And I just wanted to tell you, Helen, I'm proud of you. Belinda O'Neill has been on this show. Belinda, um, you yeah, may have remembered, she had a stress test that was mildly positive. We were treating her medically. And she went to a wrestling match of her uh, uh, grandson, and uh, or maybe it's her nephew, I can't remember. And she started having chest pain, went to the hospital, was having a heart attack, got a stent. She did great for a month, and right. she's having chest discomfort again. So she's about to have another heart catheterization. I shout you out, Belinda. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that she doesn't need another stent. And what's happened is... Some of the clots that are involved have mm-hmm. lodged themselves downstream, and they're eventually going to dissolve. So that's what we're praying for. I told her to stay at home, put her feet up, watch TV, yeah, and listen to the show. <laughs> of course. Eric Juarez is, what, a med school student or graduate? He just graduated. Now, this is a this is an all-American story. Right. Um, his parents were immigrants from Mexico, mm-hmm. originally uh, illegal immigrants. But I don't know if you remember um, compromise. President Reagan in right. the 80s um, right. gave amnesty. So they had five kids. Eric was one of them. And um, he talked about their worth, work ethic, inspiring him to be a great student. And he went to the military academy and decided, nah, they went to Harvard. Wow. Then graduated from med school. Now, when he graduated, did he have like a party in his apartment to celebrate? No. <laughs> you know what he did? He brought all his friends, all fellow graduates. They drove back to the farm. Wow. And they didn't honor themselves. They honored his parents. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And then you know what else he said? What's that? He said, this couldn't have happened in any other country. This mm. is a great country. And he is... A great American. They, they went back to the place where his parents were. Instead worked. of having their party right. in a, Georgia where he went to med school, they drove all the way across country and they had a party honoring his mother and father who at, were still farm workers. At the farm work, the, the place, the farm. Yeah. That he grew mom up. Mom and dad picked whatever, yeah. picked fruit. All right, John in Raleigh, thank you for waiting. How you doing, John? Very well. Good afternoon. How are you guys? Good. good. What can I do for you? Nothing. Well, you what were, can the doctor do for you? Of remarkable uh, medical treatment. Yes. My son, David, is, uh, David Logan, is now 34 years old. Yes. Uh, probably more than 10 years ago, he was training to be a Navy SEAL, and somewhat surprisingly, yeah. Uh, upon taking his first physical standards test, he was offered a SEAL contract the next day. Wow. Wow. Yeah, amazing. And yeah. He went to boot camp. Uh, he was injured, injured his hip. Oh, no. Eventually had to be discharged. He started training uh, more, trying to get better, uh, 
trying to get into some other form of special ops. And eventually, his hip pain got so bad that an orthopedic surgeon in Raleigh said, you're never going to be able to either run or jump again. Oh, no. Well, he was not willing to hear this, so he started doing research. Yeah. He found a orthopedic surgeon at Duke, uh, a young fellow in his probably mid to upper 30s, who um, they took stem cells, sent them to Boston University, yeah. grew cartilage yeah. from those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then did surgery, uh, performed, uh, one of his problems was that the head of his femur that went into his hip was unusually bony and rough. Mm -hmm. And over the years, it had worn away all the cartilage in his hip socket. Ouch. So they, uh, and he got to bone on bone pain. Uh, His pain was 24 seven. Yes. Well, they... They basically uh, moved off the head of that femur. They then performed a PAO, which rotated his hip socket 12 degrees in a certain direction so that his leg would present as it should toward the ground. Wow. They then implanted the uh, cartilage stem cells, they grew, and he has since grown a new hip cartilage <laughs> socket. Yeah. This uh, is the he future. He's run 20 miles, and uh, this doctor at Duke actually did a short documentary for the hospital about yeah. him. Yeah. He was told he was the second person in the world to have the sun. Yeah, this is being in Italy. This is the wave <laughs> of the future, but you know what? What? I just did stem cell transplant myself. Really? And um, what are stem cells? They are pluripotent. That means there are cells that can turn into anything. So you have stem cells that can turn into skin. Mm-hmm. And these are stem cells. They're, they're given a certain um, uh, potion, I can say, of chemicals and, and proteins, and they turn into cartilage cells. Mm-hmm. And you know how I knew this was going to work? How? Oh. Ten years ago, one of my horses had the same thing. Really? And guess the vets didn't have to go through the FDA approval. <laughs> right. Right? The right, vets sure. you know, and do whatever they want. And they were the first ones to demonstrate that this technique worked. They injected stem cells into my horse's hip, right. and it grew back, and the horse ran again. So this, this is fantastic. This is how David found out. Yeah. He was doing research, and he found that this was being done for animals. Yeah. yeah. thought. It's right. now being done for humans. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, John. I've got to. I've got to wrap this up. Oh no! Thank no. Can you. I say one thing? Thank real quick? you for calling. Yes. Yeah. One thing, real Definitely. quick. So I had a lady who had a massive in, uh, loss of skin, and uh, it was from a MRSA infection. All right. Stem cells grew it back. I did it. All right. This is Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. 
This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network on the flagship station FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Dr. Weefald, how what kind of day you have? Well, I'm a little better than I was in the beginning. I'm getting I'm getting all sorts of texts. Really? Yeah, saying I'm sorry you're giving up your dog. Yeah. And the one thing I didn't tell you. Yeah. Is that you know what the the best antidote to you know having a dog out of your life for whatever reason is? I, I don't know. Another Get, puppy. Getting another. Dog. <laughs> and so. Um, what I'm thinking about doing, since my dogs are too big, et cetera, yeah. is getting a little dog. And yeah. so, you know, I'm going to wait. I, I got to get the grief and, uh, you know, the rationalization of why into my, um, into my soul. Right. But if you have a suggestion out there, the, the listeners, sure. for a good apartment dog, yeah, call. Chihuahuas. Long-haired chihuahuas. I have had them. And they you know were, what I don't like? What? They bark all the time. It's not really considered a bark. Oh, you can hear it in the hallway. Okay. I'm just saying, they're, yeah, they are protective. I love them. Yeah, but yeah. They yeah. bark too much. They were bred for comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> we need a dog that just makes you laugh. Let's breed one with really big eyes yep. and long hair and, yep. you know, and big it's tiny. Ears. Yeah, tiny. All right. Beth and Raleigh, welcome. To Heart Health Radio. Good afternoon. Hi. Afternoon. Hi. Um, uh, first of all, I enjoyed listening to your program. Thank you. Um, it's very interesting, very helpful. Thank but you. I've got a, I've got a question. Um, my daughter um, passed away in 2017. I'm so sorry. She was 32. Um, we thought she was in great health. Um, we had just um, bought a home in she actually moved a lot of stuff the day before. Um, I mean, a bunch of stuff she moved out of the house. And um, I guess it was um, around 5.30 the next morning it was. I heard her. She went. She got up, went to the bathroom. Yes. I heard her go ouch, but it wasn't like a, a big ouch, like a painful ouch. It was just ouch. And I even talked to her and asked her, was she okay? But um, they, um, I couldn't. This was like 5.30, and at about 7, I went to wake her up to find a TV control, and I couldn't wake her up. But, oh, my. Um, they all, you know, um, you know, they come out and pronounce her um, dead. And when they were all taught to come back, it was, like, undetermined. And the only thing they could tell me was... Um, it could have been a misfire of her heart. They weren't sure. She never took drugs. She never drank. She never smoked. Right. I, I used to call the old lady because she just never did anything. So it's just, it was really puzzling. I don't know I, what they mean by the misfire of the heart. Um, like I said, I'm not sure that, but they said it could have been. Now, Beth, Beth, they deter, it was undetermined. They didn't have a determination. Yeah, because everything looked okay. Okay. When they examine. So what does that mean? Okay, so you're absolutely right in terms of the number one reason why this happens to beautiful young people. Um, I lost a brother in a car wreck, so I saw what my parents went through. And, you know, losing a child is so difficult. Right. Um, I, I, I feel for you. Uh, it, you never get over it. You learn to live with it. And I, it sounds like you're 
doing well with it, but God bless you. And um, what happens when young people die suddenly? A lot of times there is something called the long QT syndrome. And what is that? That is when your EKG shows a lengthened section that indicates there is a genetic defect in some of the channels that control potassium or sodium that creates electrical current that powers your heart and causes the muscles to relax. Usually, though, before you have sudden cardiac death, you have spells beforehand Mm -hmm. of uh, what we call syncope or severe dizziness, passing out and then recovering. But unfortunately, we'll never know. Um, What they're doing now is they're taking pieces of tissue um, and examining them. They now can tell if you have the bad potassium channel. Um, The reason why that's important is because it is genetic Mm -hmm. and it can run in families. Mm -hmm. Um, What I was wondering, too, because she's got two boys, actually, I've got them. Beth, it's hard for, it's really hard for us to understand. Do you, do you have other children? Yeah, I've got a son that's 42. Yes. And then, of course, that's all. Okay. She's got a son. Yeah. So, has he been looked at from a heart point of view? No. Okay. What they could do, and again, I'm not his physician, um, is get a baseline EKG. And they'll measure that QT interval. Now, if it's normal, I would also do a stress test, mm-hmm. okay, just a regular old EKG stress test, because sometimes with the exercise, it can come out. Um, and then, you know, uh, there is even some genetic testing. Now, I'm not saying for sure that's what happened, right? but with a, a negative postmortem, you know, there was no brain tumor. There was no bleed in the brain. That's the secondary. I mean, yeah. the second most important and most frequent cause is a barrieraneurysm. Um, the thing, though, is that you, as I heard you, she said, ouch, first, and then fell down? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. She didn't have, like, a swollen leg, or did she, she didn't have a long car trip or plane trip beforehand? No, uh, she did not. Um, she did complain of a headache the day before, but it wasn't like a severe headache. Uh-huh. And then the boys were told the five and uh-huh. the boys said about the food getting taste right. Right. We're doing the best we can to hear you, Beth, and it's not happening. Yeah. She didn't complain of anything other than a headache. Yeah, but if if it had been a brain bleed, they would have found that. She spent a day moving, yeah. as in moving things into yeah. an apartment. But, but you know, and the other thing is some something called a pulmonary embolus, yeah. where a blood clot forms in the leg and it travels through the heart into the lung. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you won't find those on an autopsy because mm-hmm. they will have done their damage and dissolved. So sudden, cardi- sudden death in, in a child is just devastating. And my heart goes out to you and your family. And, um, you know, she's with God in heaven. And Bless you, you, Beth. You will see her again. Should I get these boys tested? Should she get the boys tested? Yes, the that's siblings. what I'm saying. Yes. I would. Test them for uh, arrhythmias, oh. long QT syndrome. And, you know... Uh, there's a there's a guy at Duke 
and I'm blanking on his name right now. He's an electrophysiologist. Um, and they can do genetic testing. I, I am not up to date with the kind of genetic testing they can do. So what I would do is call the electrophysiology department in the cardiology division at Duke and talk to somebody and um, have them seen. Electrocardiology Electrophysiology. Thank you. Electrophysiology. Of the cardiology department. Gosh. Okay. Thank you, Beth. God bless you. Bless you. Appreciate the phone call. Telephone number 919-860-9783. It's just so so devastating to lose a child. You know, it's just a status thing. All right, so we've we don't have the shame portion of the radio show in the next couple of minutes. We have moved shame to just to the first hour. Okay. Second hour, we'll talk about longevity issues. Yeah. You can live to an advanced age. You can live well into what we used to call impossible territory. Well, I mean, first of all, if you have good genes... You're going to live long, no yeah. matter what you do. It's kind of interesting. I have bad genes. Yeah, these guys are 110 years old, and they smoke and drink, and they are happy. Yes. But if you don't have those good genes, and it's hard to tell, yeah. there are things you can do that make you live longer than perhaps would have been expected. We'll talk about those coming up. This story amazes me. Uh, it is actually from last May. Okay. Okay, but it's... Important enough to talk about now. (laughs) A constipated woman lost 10 years of memories after straining too hard. Now, let's not make the sound again. Okay. Well, last week we talked about poop and constipation. And this is a prime example of why you don't strain. Yes. Okay. So when you strain, you actually... Cut off blood flow to the brain. Now, yes. it's two things, okay? When you strain, you can feel your head, you know, yeah. you feel your eyes bulge. Right. That's because the blood is not coming back to the heart. Oh. It's called a valsalva, uh-huh. and yeah. the pressure goes up in the chest, and that blood has to flow in the chest through the jugular vein. Yeah. Well, when that happens, it backs up. So... You can blow out an artery and bleed to death in your brain. But what happened this late, and thank God, after about six hours, her memory came back. She got off the turlet, as Archie Bunker would say. Yeah. And she walked into the living room and said, who are you? And what's going on? Wow. She didn't remember anything for the last 10 years. Now, it took about six, seven hours, and it came back. So that's called a reversible ischemic neurologic deficit, a rind. Yeah. Okay. And you can have that from a clot that forms and cuts off the flow of blood. Yeah. But that center, that area of her brain that contained the last 10 years, was temporarily uh, 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 deprived of blood flow. Yes. And luckily, those cells didn't die. Please, yes. if you're constipated, get yeah. medical help to fix it. Yeah. Um, and if it's real severe like this, don't try to fix it on your own. No. Because there are ways to do it. We talked about it. But if you, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to lose high school next time. Yeah. You don't want to forget about the well, last 10 Some years people, of your life. Some people, high school was pretty traumatic. So the point is you, if you're straining, you can't pick which, what, uh, memory is going to go. 
And you could oh, also, yeah. Uh, there have been people who strain at the stool who die, and they're yes. found on the floor next to the toilet with their, you know, their pants down by their ankles because they strain too much. It's bad. It's very bad. Very bad. And everybody who thinks I'm not mature, let me just tell you, <laughs> I'm I'm editing myself while we speak. Telephone number for uh, for the radio program, 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is our longevity file. These stories are all about living longer. There is an article, I think this is in one of the online aggregators of news called No Ridge, like K-N-O-W, No Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and I, I, again, I know how to spell and read knowledge, but that's not what it is. It's an R where the L is. Yeah, it's 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 got some stupid stuff sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes they really hit the nail on the head the um, s- with simple things. And I, I get comments about yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, that sometimes I'm too scientific. And that's just because no. I grew up as a scientist. Right? Sure. But I like um, what they're saying in this article. The secret trick for never getting old, says science. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not that it's, the headline's true. You're going to get old. Okay? You're going to get yeah, old. Sorry. But what can you do um, to maybe uh, cheat your genes a little bit? Okay. Um, you know, maybe add a year or two. Um, but also to be healthier with the amount of time you have. Hmm. And what I really like about it is the number one thing they said is follow Dr. Weefald's no-no diet. Well, they really didn't say that, but they said don't eat a lot of sugar. And they explained why. And basically, the number one thing, sugar will cause obesity because those little molecules of sugar, that's what's turned into fat. Not the fat and meat you eat, but the sugar, the simple carbohydrate. The second thing is that sugar, for some reason, I don't quite understand it yet, causes a real increase, um, a big increase in the amount of inflammation in your body. And you can measure it. I know. Because I had a really high level of inflammation. And I have cut back on my sugar intake. I have a sweet tooth. But I'm also taking turmeric and ginger, um, exercising a bit more. And now uh, all those blood tests for inflammation are way, way down. Um, And it can age you that way. The more inflammation you have, Mm -hmm. the more destruction you have of skin tissue. So it's been proven. Decreasing your sugar intake will make you have less wrinkles. My children would never understand And young people don't understand, but there used to be on everybody's kitchen table. A sugar bowl. A bowl of sugar. Yeah. Now we don't have to sprinkle it on our cereal because our cereal is already infused with with too much sugar. Yeah. Well, you want to know something funny? Mm. My mother never let me have Coca-Cola because she was an anti-sugar person before we knew why. So we go to Chinese restaurants all the time. There was one in Washington, D.C. called the Yanshing Palace. Oh, yeah. my God, was that good. Yeah. And they would let me have Coke. So while they weren't looking, yeah. I'd poke into the sugar bowl, 
and put about three teaspoons of four in, in my water. Wow. And have sugar water. And have sugar water. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Yeah. What, a weird. what a weird childhood. Oh, man. Exercise improves memory and boosts blood flow to the brain. Yeah. And that, of course. We hadn't talked about that because we talk about exercise. And I don't believe in, you know, everybody becoming Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think weight training can help, you know, keep you toned. It also... Believe it or not, weight training has cardiovascular health. Mm-hmm. But walking, God's best form of exercise. Yes. Um, 40 minutes, four times a week. Uh, you can take little breaks. You can stop and smell the roses. You get your heart rate up. And so there are several zones. Um, they always talk about this target heart rate. I don't really believe in that. As long as you know, get your heart rate up 20, 30 points, you're yeah. getting exercise. Good. And what does that do? By increasing the blood flow to the brain, um, it helps to clear stuff out, like cholesterol, Mm -hmm. and so much lower chance to have a stroke. But the second thing is that it clears out um, these uh, bad um, chemicals that uh, oxidative things, that antioxidants, you know, they talk about those supplements. But the best antioxidant is exercise. And they've proven this. Um, they've taken people uh, who have early dementia, mm-hmm. and they can do scores based on the questions they ask, and they get them in a rehab program. Mm-hmm. So cardiac rehab is basically exercise. And they get them in these programs, and then they retest them after six months, and they score better. Really? That doesn't mean that it's going to cure Alzheimer's. It's not. We don't have a cure for Alzheimer's. And even that medicine that's come out, yeah, very marginal improvement. Um, really? So we still have ways to go. But right. I can tell you, not just your heart, it's your brain. And the other thing exercise does, yeah. makes you feel better. You know why? No. Natural heroin. Really? Yeah, it's called, they're called endorphins. And these are natural proteins that work in the same place that heroin works in your brain. It's not the same. I mean, you don't get addicted and lie in the street and uh-huh. inject yourself. Yeah. But it causes happiness. So... Uh, you're not going to just improve your brain health, but mm-hmm. you're going to be a little happier after you exercise. Medicare could end up offering dental, vision, and hearing yeah. under the Democrats' $3.5 yeah. trillion dollar so plan. So this is another double-edged sword. Uh, $3.5 trillion added to the federal deficit uh-huh. uh, to get things that we really need, uh, dental. I mean, we've talked with um, Macon. Uh, Macon. And your teeth are the window into your health soul. you got to have great teeth. Right now, Medicare doesn't cover dental work. You know what it does, though, is Medicaid. It's interesting. Medicaid will cover it, but Medicare won't. So, you know, a lot of people where I live in Johnston County have yeah. very poor dentition because they never went to a dentist because it was too expensive. Right. And also, people are afraid of the dentist. I mean, there's no doubt about it. People yeah. are afraid of the dentist. Now, the other thing is vision. So, you know, getting some glasses, yeah, that's not covered. But if you have glaucoma, if you have a bleed in your retina, that's covered. So, so I, I don't know. So as people age, as they retire, uh-huh. they go on to Medicare. At age 65. Age, okay. This is yeah. what I'm looking forward to because I'm not really looking forward to it. I get it, it in three years. Okay. But here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. 
that's when your eyes really go bad. Well, yeah. And you need a pair of glasses. Now, you know, you can get glasses, really good ones now. Yes. For 40 bucks, 50 yes. bucks. Walmart's okay. got a good program. Okay. Have you ever heard of Warby Parker? Do I what? It's a, it's a store called Warby Parker, W-A-R-B-Y. Now, you can get fancy ones, but you can get a pair of specs yeah. for 40 bucks. Now, you have to get examined to get a prescription. Right. Okay. But you can get Warby, Warby Parker. Now, the next thing is hearing aids. Right. What would you say? Hearing aids. What? We were talking about hearing it. <laughs> now, He's got I, both dementia and hearing I, loss. I have high frequency hearing loss, so I have a I have nerve damage. Uh-huh. I can hear men really easily because it's low frequency. And then when I don't want to hear men, I don't hear men either. I got eight thousand dollar frequency shifting hearing aids from wow. Miracle Ear. Wow! And they worked. But you know what happened? I don't. Know. Uh, another reason to get rid of my dog. Dog ate him. The dog ate my hearing aids. <laughs> And they didn't really work all that well. But hearing aids are extremely expensive. And maybe maybe that's a good thing. All right. $3.5 trillion. There, There is a Chicago woman who has had symptoms of COVID for a year. We're yeah. going to talk about the one thing she did that cleared them all up. It's their, amazing. Their recovery. She is recovering from extremely long COVID, or at least COVID symptoms. That's coming up in the program and your phone calls. This is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. And right now, medicine. Yeah. I wanted to do traffic. You know what happened to me yesterday? I spent 35 minutes mm-hmm. completely stopped trying to get from 70 bypass on to 40. Mm-hmm. So yes. I took the detour on Waze, which is my you know, um, detour thing. Yeah. And I'm driving through here, and I'm stopped at this light, and I'm driving around. And I finally get back to Route 40, Yeah. and there was this red sports car that was in front of me. And yeah. there he was. <laughs> he, he, so, I mean, you know, I got to drive and be frustrated, but yeah, didn't you know save. what the heck. The telephone number is 919-860-9783. You call that number and we will pick it up and we'll talk to you. Ken in Durham, welcome to Heart Health Radio. How you doing? Hey there, no, this is Ken. Uh, I'm in Raleigh. The last name is Durham. Oh well, I, I thought your last name was Ken Raleigh, and Ken, you're uh, from Durham. We well, just, it turns out you're Ken Durham from Raleigh. All right, so Ken from Raleigh, what can we do for you? I want to talk about the uh, the new Alzheimer's medicine. I think Doctor yeah. Pepe just mentioned it a few minutes ago. Yes, and the a few a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about it's going to be ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. I may be wrong on the exact amount. But it's going to be big. Fifty. They, one quote I got was fifty six thousand a year. Right. That that would be about a thousand dollars a month. Hmm. Well, you got a twenty percent copay on Medicare, so that would take it down to to twelve thousand. So that would make it about a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Wow. Let me let me tell you what it is. It's a monoclonal antibody. That's a big thing now. These are little artificially produced 
human antibodies, it's going to bind and hopefully degrade the neurofibrillary tangle, the, the scars from proteins that deposit in the brain. Yeah. Here's what happened. They did the study. It didn't show overall improvement. So the stock for Biogen went way down. Well, then the scientists went back and said, what about the guys with mild Alzheimer's? So they took the subgroup who were mild, and guess what? It did help. It prevented them from getting worse. So there's a big controversy because the FDA panel, that's the advisory panel, made up all the neurologists, said, don't approve it. And the FDA approved it. Yes. Um, The Cleveland Clinic is not going to give the medicine. Okay, yes. It is not. And who knows what Medicare will do because Medicare can't negotiate the price. Now, here's one thing, Ken, is it's going to be what's called a Part B drug and not a Part D drug. And so what that means is that if Medicare covers it, you won't pay a dime. Wow. Yeah, because the Part D is the outpatient medicines. Right. And so what they'll do is it's got to be – Given intravenously. Mm-hmm. It's an IV drug. So it's going to be done initially in hospitals. And the reason also is they want to see if there's reactions and stuff like that. Right. So when you go into the hospital, it's like you get this drug, and it's not on your Part D. It's on the different part. And it's kind of like um, uh, the nebulizers that we write. Right. Those are covered by not on your regular prescription plan. So what do you think? Um, if you had early dementia uh, or if your loved one did, would you want to get this drug now? Well, my wife did. In, in fact, she passed away last August. I'm so sorry. My mom, moved, my mom died of Alzheimer's. From, uh, from mild to medium, I guess. So uh-huh. I, I certainly would have wanted to pursue it when we were in the mild stage. Yeah. So what yeah. the cost would have been. I think a lot of people will say the same thing. I'd probably say the same thing, that if it could possibly help a little, um, I'd want it. And I think the the double-edged sword, we got a bunch of those today, is the cost. And they think it's going to cost trillions of dollars to Medicare. And I blame the company for pricing it like that. Right. Um, and I think that if they were smart – uh, they would reduce the cost. I, I take a monoclonal antibody for my cholesterol. Yeah. Came out at 2000 a month. And they got all mad at me because I wasn't writing the prescriptions. You're a cardiologist. You save lives. And it does save lives. Mm-hmm. I said they can't afford it. It's not covered by any of the plan. I said you reduce the price to yeah. $600 a month. Yeah. And you're going to see all these prescriptions. So for three years – no prescription. They finally reduced it to $600 a month, and it took off. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I, I, I feel for you. My mom had really bad Alzheimer's for eight years, Yeah. and we kept her going. Um, but luckily at that time before Obama, I was wealthy enough to cover <laughs> oh my. Their, uh, her round-the-clock care. I yeah. paid for it, yeah. and uh, she had a good life. Well, at least my wife passed away from a massive heart attack. But oh, boy. So that was before we got real. Can I ask you a different question? Talk sure. About patavastatin, I guess it's called, yeah. versus altorvastatin. All right, there's atorvastatin. Is there another drug that you're trying to compare it with? Patavastatin. Patavastatin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Livalo. 
That's the brand name. Really? Yeah. So th- there is a difference, um, a big difference. So a Torvastatin is now generic, and it is what we call a fat-soluble statin. So it gets in your system, and it dissolves into your fat. They think that's the reason why it has a higher incidence of side effects. Um, we talked about you know, the, the muscle aches. Most of those are in your head, but a lot of those are in your muscle. And really? if you take a torvastatin, there is a higher risk of um, getting muscle aches. But tevastatin is new, and it's still a prescription drug. Uh, and I have to say this, I take it. Um, And the reason why I take it is because um, there are fewer side effects, potential side effects. It is a water-soluble statin. Now, the other reason why I take it is because it's the only one approved for people who have um, some type of liver disease. I have a patient who has sclerosing cholangitis, and so she couldn't take a statin forever. Well, it is okay to take this in her situation, and her cholesterol is down. And she hasn't had another heart attack for a long time. I um, am not going to say which one you should take. But if you have the money um, and if you have commercial insurance, mm-hmm. Pativastatin is affordable. If you have Medicare Part D, you're going to have to pay a ton of money for live low Pativastatin. Whereas you can get a Torvastatin for a couple bucks yeah. because it's generic. Um, I hope that helps you. I mean, I do take it. I take pativastatin because I, I just think it's it's better. But that's my personal choice. Um, you got to weigh other factors involved. Atorvastatin's a heck of a great drug. And in fact, if you have a heart attack, mm-hmm. make yeah. sure they gave you eighty milligrams, the big really yeah pill, because that's been shown in post heart attack patients to reduce the risk of another heart attack, and that's probably the inflammation effect. So cholesterol medications are good for COVID. People who are on cholesterol medications have been shown to have less, maybe just a little, but less complications of needing to go to the ICU and being on ventilators. The, one of the ways that the statins prevent heart attacks is by reducing the amount of inflammation in your body. I talked before about I have reduced mine by cutting back a little bit on sugar and mm. eating, you know, taking turmeric and ginger and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, have, I take a higher dose of a statin now because I wanted to reduce the inflammation. And it right. worked. Right. All those things worked. I hope that helped you. Oh, yeah. But I don't know whether the patavastatin is available through the RX uh, approach. I know that saves a lot of money on a Torstatin. Oh, you save a ton of money. What is it called again? Pativastatin? Or no, the the system where we can save money. Is it something oh, RX? A good RX, no. If no. you look at Pativastatin on GoodRx, it is $500 a month. Oh, I... So the generics can help you. Um, sometimes generics are really expensive. Mm-hmm. So there's a uh, – but I looked up Pativastatin on GoodRx mm-hmm. um, because my insurance copay is still about $100, even though it's covered. Mm-hmm. And even though they didn't accept the, uh, the uh, copay card. Um, I looked it up on <laughs> – on uh, GoodRx, and it was still 450 right. bucks. Now, let me, there are some things that are really expensive. So linozolid is a great antibiotic reserved for bad infections that yes. other antibiotics work. It's $1,000 at CVS or somewhere. Yeah. But if you get the coupon on GoodRx and go to Harris Teeter, <laughs> guess how much it is? 
50 bucks. 50 bucks. Yeah, so GoodRx is great. But right. you won't save money on GoodRx for Pativa Statin or Libolo. All right. Ken, thank you very much. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. We're going to Gary in Cary, North Carolina. How you Gary doing, Gary? Gary No, I was trying yeah. not to say yes, that. Yes, yes. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, good. My question's on the knee. Yeah. Uh, 74, but back in early teens, had a sports injury, had OCD, osteochondritis difficans, and they did surgery on that, and then they kind of cleaned it up and did some uh, work at age 40 and age 60. Now, just in the last year, I've got some bone on bone. I didn't think that would ever happen. Yeah. And I'm taking those injections every, those three injections every six months. Yeah. Does that prevent the bone from wearing because of the lubrication? Yeah, it can um, actually work very well. Osteochondritis desiccans. Did I hear that right? Uh, if, if You probably said it right. I'm not sure if I Oh, that's it. okay. Let me tell you, my daughter had it. She's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a big-time lacrosse player. Uh, this is Megan Hanna. We call her Peggy. And she had osteochondritis desiccans in her foot. It was extremely painful. You know what they do? Mm. They make little. They take a, a little needle and bang, 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 and put make incisions in there. Uh, no, not incisions. They poke the end of the bone with needles, mm. and uh, it helps uh, heal the bone. Um, what it is is uh, the bone dries out, desiccates, desiccam, and it helped. And so now she can walk, but mm. you have to go through the cartilage. To make those little things. Mm-hmm. So the cartilage can wear down. So, hey, to keep taking the injections, but ask them if stem cell therapy would help you. I don't know, but next time you go, um, say, uh, we, we've heard that uh, stem cell therapy has helped replace cartilage in hips. Yeah. Um, ask them if it's something that may help you. And they may say yes, they may say no. But uh, that could be a permanent fix. If it were to work. What do you think, Gary? Well, that's a, that's a good idea. Um, there, there's bone on bone already, so you could grow cartilage on that bone that's rubbing yeah. against stem cells um, in hips, and especially my horse's hip. Yeah, grew back the cartilage, and uh, maybe just maybe that'll help you. But I don't know, so ask the people who know. All right, I want to ask you uh, two specific questions. One that has to do with Gary's situation, yeah. those stem cells, yeah. where do they come from? Uh, the, I, let me, you know where they're getting a bunch of them now? No. From the skin. So let me tell you about my story. So I had a lady who had uh, a big wound all the way down to her chest wall Yeah. Uh, from uh, a flesh-eating bacteria. Mm. And she was frail because, you know, she just couldn't eat well. This infection really tore her up. And she came to see me for... A leg problem. She wasn't having enough blood flow to her leg. And I also took care of her husband. And I happened to be talking to a drug rep the mm-hmm. day before. Mm-hmm. And he just said he had a friend who did this. And the way you do it is um, I took a chunk of her skin and sent it to Utah. Yeah. And they extracted stem cells. And these stem cells were already programmed to make skin. So they sent it back to me in a paste. Yes. A paste that it contains stem cell. Yes. So I put little dots of stem cells spaced around on this big defect and covered it with saran wrap, basically. Yeah. 
and it grew back. And, hey. it, and she got skin to cover that issue. So this, you can get stem cells from bone marrow. Yeah. And they're now, um, since this is uh, part cardiology, part internal medicine, they're, mm-hmm. you're using stem cells to repair the heart. So if you have had a heart attack, the problem is uh, the tissue is replaced by scar. So now that they're trying to do is replace that scar with new heart tissue. Mm-hmm. And so they're taking stem cells from skin, from bone marrow, and they know how to add the little, um, l- the little party favors, what are they, the little chemicals to yeah. turn it into heart tissue. Yeah. So stem cells are the building blocks of every organ that we have. And there are stem cells in every organ. We can replace um, some cells that die. And you know, it's an, this is something I never understood. You cut off the tail of a lizard, yes, amphibian. Yes, it grows back. It does. Yes. So why did we lose that in our, you know, development? Because we, you know, related to salamanders in a way. Wouldn't it be great? You can just grow back an arm. You know? it, it would be good. And if the stem cell things work, maybe they'll get them to be programmed to, you know, as they grow back to change the shape and put bone and skin and stuff like that. But it's a big thing now, stem, stem cell therapy. And these are adult stem cells. Yeah, let me just tell you. Right. Remember when Reagan got Alzheimer's and everybody stood up because Reagan yeah. and Bush were against embryonic stem cells? Then what right. are those? Right. Those are from aborted fetuses. Right. And they said, if we don't take embryonic stem cells, we're never going to cure disease. Guess what? We're curing it. You don't need them. Yeah. You can get stem cells from adult, fully formed tissue, and now we know how to turn them into every organ that we want to try to fix. Very good. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We're going to talk about this woman who had COVID symptoms for a year and then recovered, and we'll tell you why and how she recovered in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. You can get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, and have a little fun just by listening to this show. I have fun. Do you still have fun? Doing the show? Yeah. You're kidding. I have fun. You're kidding. Of course it's... a barrel of monkeys. It's so much fun to do the show. I hope it's so much fun to listen to it. I hope. Uh, 919-860-9783. It's, uh, you know, just a couple of minutes left in the show, which means that nine people are going to call in. Well, well, we'll say, hi, how are you? What's the problem? Yep. No, <laughs> we won't. All right. A Chicago woman had COVID symptoms for a year. Yeah. Then she got vaccinated. Yeah. It's very weird. Uh, it doesn't happen to everybody, mm-hmm. but it happens to a substantial number of people. So long COVID, it can be fatigue. It can be brain fog. It can be chronic uh, shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of the, the symptoms that COVID has, they don't go away. And it looks like it might be an autoimmune phenomenon. What does that mean? It means that the COVID has stimulated your immune system to make antibodies against your own self. Hmm. Well, you get the vaccine. What does that do? Uh, it creates the spike protein and it floats around in your bloodstream. One theory is it sops up the bad antibody. The other theory is that somehow it turns off the autoimmune response. We don't know. But we do know 
that it's not a placebo effect. Um, it's definitely related uh, to getting the vaccine. So if you are wondering about getting the vaccine and you've had COVID and you still have symptoms of COVID, it is possible that it may get rid of your long COVID. Unbelievable. It's, uh, and it's not fully explained. There is a California x-ray technician who died Right after getting the COVID shot. And it, it was like DMX, you know, that rapper. It was like Hank Aaron. It's a big headline. Sure. He okay. died, according to the autopsy. Of a massive heart attack. Massive heart attack. There's and, something called, I, I listen to the show every week, almost every week. I listen to this show. So I know a lot of medical terms yeah. now. Never heard of this one. Arteriosclerotic heart disease yeah. with severe... Cardiomegaly. Cardiomegaly. All right. What so, is what does that mean? I don't know. Arteriosclerosis. You ask me like I went what to that, that school. What is that? Mean? I have no idea. Used to be what we call hardening of the arteries. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, my dad had hardening of the arteries. Yeah. Cholesterol builds up. It's also called atherosclerosis. Sure. Sclerosis means that it gets hard and and doesn't you know does not pliable. It get. You know, you yeah. take you take a, a baby's coronary artery and it's like a spaghetti. Okay. You know, it's real pliable. You take yeah. yours or mine, and we've had some atherosclerosis and uh-huh. calcium forms. They get hard, uh-huh. so you can actually crack some as opposed to bending some. And inside, there's a lot of cholesterol buildup. It can clot. Now, what is cardiomegaly? If you have a lack of blood flow, one of the things uh, or high blood pressure that the heart muscle does is get thicker. And it can also, after you've had a heart attack, get actually bigger. So, you know, if it's as big as your fist, mm-hmm. cardiomegaly can be two fists wide. And that means your heart's weak and it's not pumping well. So this guy, you know, fell over dead after he had the vaccine. And, of course, they put it in the headline. Man dies two days after vaccine and he's a medical person. Yeah. You know. Okay. We've done this before. Um, 7,500 people in the United States of America die every day of heart attacks, accidents, you name it, cancer, 7,500. At the peak of our vaccination, we're doing 3 million a day. That's one a hundred of the population in the United States. Uh And so they were saying, oh, my God, 30 people who get the vaccine are dying. Uh If you do the math with 3 million people getting the vaccine the next day, Mm-hmm. 75 of them should be dead because they die. People just die. People don't accept that people just die. Yeah. yeah. And we don't want people to die. No, we don't. But the vaccine, yes, it may kill you. But the chance of that is one in a million. You're much more like, or 10 million, you're much more likely to get killed by getting struck by lightning right. or having a tree fall on you and kill you. Right. There are still plenty of people who are going to say this vaccine was rushed. You're going to explain to me that, you know something, it wasn't rushed. I I don't think it was rushed. I certainly understand how someone could interpret that because usually vaccines take 10 years to develop. Right. That's because there are different kinds of vaccines. This Mm -hmm. mRNA, messenger RNA, is, yes, a new technique been around for 10 years. It's been shown uh, to work. Um, and it's so simple. Um, yeah. and it's, it, yes, it's a genetic material, but it's the second step. 
Okay, so DNA makes the RNA, which mm-hmm. then makes the protein. Mm-hmm. So we're giving the mRNA, which hijacks the machinery. Hijacks that a good term. It utilizes the yes. machinery in your own cell to make the spike protein. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Okay, and we understand the science. And I'm going to say this. If you think it's rushed, I'm going to say, thank God it was rushed. Sure. And by that, it wasn't a bunch of guys in the lab, you know, like Ricochet Rabbit. Bing, bing, bing. (laughs) They were doing it carefully. They were pipetting slowly. Yes. You know, and so when you heard the term rushed, yeah, we had to get it. It's saving lives. Right. Um, The thing that makes me mad yeah. Is that the FDA hasn't done a formal approval. They're, I don't, what are they waiting for? We've had billions of doses. It's safe. They should formally approve it. You know what's funny about this show? At this point, I know more about messenger RNA, mRNA, than I do about ricochet rabbit. Did you watch that? I've never seen ricochet no, rabbit. It's a I'm, great cartoon. Okay. So you had the Roadrunner. Yeah. Yeah. And you had Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Then you had this rabbit. I think he was a marshal. Okay. <laughs> and he was in the Old West. He was a rabbit. He was and a- he was in the Old West cleaning up criminals. And he would bounce off of rocks at Mach 3. Yeah. Yeah. So he would ricochet off. Of, so the way he would get to the criminals is he would bing, 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 ricochet rabbit. One of my favorite cartoons. Was that like a not a Warner Brothers? Was that like a? I don't know. It was on every Saturday. On every Saturday. Yeah, you never want. Oh, you know what? I've still got ten. What I got seven years on you. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. Hollow nano objects made of DNA could trap viruses and render them harmless. I know you're excited about this. The reason why is nano. Technology. Now, what is nanotechnology? Little tiny things. Little, itty bitty, you know, nanometers. Yes. Okay, you know, a millimeter. A nanometer is 10 to the, what? It's it's thousands of times smaller than the human hair. And they're made out of carbon and stuff. Yeah. Well, they're going to trap viruses. Because we, of the DNA, and they'll they'll just snare them out of your bloodstream. Now, they're working on this stuff, and I like to talk about what's happening in the future. Right. You know why? All the doomsayers. Yeah. You know, there's a recent article from MIT found in 1972 that we're all going to die in the mid-20th century. Yeah. And guess we're what? We're not. And te- they Because they didn't know the technological developments that were going to happen. Okay? Right. And so... Don't be afraid. We're living in a great age. Everybody, talk to your doctor. Enjoy your conversations with your doctor. We'll see you next week on Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.